T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody, a Tuesday edition of Sports Daily with Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Castor. Jad Chambers producing for us. We've got an exciting show for you lined up today. Expecting to run down Craig Porter Jr., Wichita State basketball, what we hope is star player as the spotlight falls squarely on him this year. That's coming up in our next segment here in the first hour. Top of the second hour, Dan Israel as the Chiefs uh, are in the bye week now, joins us, and it'll be a good time to get his feel for maybe any potential moves the Chiefs might make with the extra time to think about these things. Lots coming up here on the program. Glad to have you on board. You can always get in touch with the program, 869-1240. You can find us on Twitter as well. We're uh, happy to engage you there or here on the air if you've got something you'd like to say. Tommy, good morning. Good morning, Jacob. I am uh, I'm definitely pleased that Monday Night Football, I felt like, was actually entertaining. Uh, a couple teams that we looked at um, and, and kind of thought, man, like I, this might be another dud. And it, I don't feel like it really was. I feel like it was kind of an entertaining game to watch. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I thought so, too. And we'll get into Monday Night Football because I think there are a couple of different interesting things happening within that game. Um, We have a couple of players now that could be entering the trade market that I think have some interest to us. The Jets make a move to bring James Robinson over from the Jaguars to help alleviate or try to anyway the loss of Brees Hall. Um, You have Matt Ryan out. Uh, Sam Ellinger looks like he'll be the starter the rest of the season. So did Matt Ryan get benched or is he hurt? Doesn't really matter. It doesn't appear. Um, There are rumored trades from the Browns that they would be willing to listen on Kareem Hunt, who I don't think would have any interest to the Chiefs at this point. Uh, And this one might, Greedy Williams, who's a defensive back and at times been pretty good in this league. So there's a lot really going on in the NFL. We'll try and hit on a bunch of it, but let's, let's start with Monday Night Football. Because you had the Bears, who were big underdogs, is up to, I didn't see what the final line was. I think it was 
eight and a half, nine points. They come out and they just smack the Patriots right in the mouth. Um, Mac Jones <clears throat> was finally named the starter. He had a couple of stale opening drives, and all of a sudden they put in Bailey Zappi in a very curious, in my opinion, move. Like, who's coaching this team, the fans or Bill Belichick? Why in the world would they do that? And now they got a quarterback controversy on their hands. Uh, welcome to that party, Bill. But on the other side of it, and we'll get to the Patriots and their curiosity there in a minute, we have Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is a really interesting prospect. It's been a rough go through his first however many games, year and a half, basically. The Bears haven't done a ton to you know, load him up with weapons, but I, I don't like that so much as an excuse as nobody's ever really unlocked what he can be. Now, going back, Justin Fields was far from my favorite prospect in that class, but I think he was always, at least to me, a very intriguing prospect because of what he brings to the field athletically and the way that the game is played now at the NFL level and how quarterbacks are really finding success with that ability. Um, Jalen Hurts. I think Fields is probably a better passer, at least a bigger arm than Jalen Hurts, uh, and maybe even a better runner. I don't think he's, you know, Lamar Jackson is a runner, but I think there's a world where he could be at least Lamar Jackson's level of a passer, if not more. So Justin Fields brings a lot to the table. You're never sure if that's going to work, if that's going to translate. But, man, they let him run last night, Tommy, 14 carries. And all of a sudden, his receivers are real open, right? And that helps a young quarterback like Justin Fields. And we see glimpses last night of his you know, ability and what he can bring to the table. I thought that was really cool to see for him, and he's taken a lot of heat, but that was a good moment. Yeah, it was great, but it was also a little bit frustrating. Like, why is it taking so long? I don't know. For Chicago to put him into that position. Like, they know. finally give him, uh, you know, play calls and, and, and design well, runs it could and be, design it carries. It could be a Fields thing, too, though. I mean, he could be timid to run it, I think. I, I, think, that, I think that also plays into it. I think he's got to have the confidence to tuck it and run to some degree. Because even I, last yeah. night— I don't know how many of those runs were designed runs, but the ability to run it was clearly there. And, you know, the way teams are playing defense now, Tommy, putting those two deep safeties in there, a running quarterback's going to kill that strategy if you give them that much room, to, especially a guy like Justin Fields yeah. or some of these other elite-level athletes that are playing the position these days. Yeah, the, the narrative all season long in the NFL uh, has been defenses really starting to adjust and try to find ways to stop the pass. And the Bears are built differently. They just are. And they've got David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert in the backfield, and then Justin Fields, who can run the football too. Like, they need to pound the rock week in and week out. And um, it, it was always curious to me that they they didn't do it leading up to this game. Um, it, it finally worked. They, they were able to put Fields in a position to actually win and to lean on his legs. And then, you know, you, you do that, you pound the football that way, and you give Justin Fields an opportunity to, to carry the football, and that's going to soften up your pass defense quite a bit. And like you mentioned, a lot of those receivers were wide open throughout the game. Uh, so that was the, the strategy that worked for Chicago, and they need to lean on that significantly moving forward they're not out of it by any stretch they're three and four they've kind of been forgotten about uh this th this season even in that division but it's not the strongest division in the world um you know the vikings yeah they they look 
okay, but they don't look like world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. And we all know about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and the Lions are out of it entirely. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah, Do you think that Chicago team last night could beat the Packers? Because absolutely they can beat the Packers. If If they can do what they did last night, if they can implement that strategy moving forward, they could be a sneaky team in the NFC North. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have harder times if people stop the run. But now stopping the run, if you go that way, means stopping the run from Justin Fields as well as Montgomery and Herbert. And, yeah, they're thin at wide receiver. I really like Darnell Mooney, but that's about it, right? They just brought in Nikhil Harry. He didn't do anything last night. Cole Komet's okay. But they're they're short on playmakers as pass catchers. That's okay, though. Because they've got a dynamic run attack that gets even more dynamic if you let Justin Fields run. And just, you know, if if you want to know how that's working right now in the league for a young quarterback, just look in Philadelphia. I mean, Jalen Hurts is thriving. Justin Fields coming in as a prospect, much better passer, much bigger arm, much more dynamic thrower than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, by the way, I, you know, I hate that he plays for Philadelphia on a personal level because I'm a Cowboys fan, but... Easy dude to root for. But Justin Fields is a better prospect than Jalen Hurts coming in. Was he my favorite prospect? No. But I think he was as intriguing or even perhaps the most intriguing out of the class because he just brought this element of the unknown into it. But, man, when you see him run, and he's very protected, too. Like, he's not he's not going and, to—and this is why I wonder how much of, of it is him getting the confidence to do it because— and this is not a bad thing. I, I mean this as a savvy thing. Like he's quick to slide. He's quick to protect himself. He's not a, you know, he's not a monster. Uh, you know, he's not sitting out there with Cam Newton's frame or you know uh, Josh Allen's frame even. Like he's he's thin. So the fact that he protects himself is good. But man, if he'll run like that, he's going to be a game changer. And I don't think the Bears are that good. I think they played really well last night. But I don't think their defense is great by any means. And I think that. You know they're gonna they're gonna struggle at times this year, but they're three and four, yeah, and they gotta feel like they've got a shot in that division. But good for them to get it figured out. Good for him, who people are ready to close the book on already, which seems silly. And he, he th- look, guys like Justin Fields make this league more fun. I mean, he was fun to watch last night in a game we all feared might be a miserable watch, and it wasn't because he was good. So. I, I was very happy with that. Over on the other side with New England, who even when they're good is as, you know, unexciting a team as there is these days. Boy, they gave us some storylines, didn't they? You start the game with Mac Jones and you pull him after six pass attempts and two drives and go back to Bailey Zappi, which, which is a great story. Zappi hour, I get it. But we, I mean, reality check came in real quick with Bailey Zappi, who's young and inexperienced as well through a couple picks and look, you know, clearly outmatched in the second half. Like what is Bill Belichick doing? Like, why would you ever, if, if you're not handing it back to Mac Jones, which they said, it's his team, it's his team, it's his team all week. And they give him two drives. I don't really have an answer for you with that. I mean, outside of potentially, and I don't know what Bill Belichick said after the game, but you know, it, it, did Mac Jones, did they feel like he maybe re-injured his ankle? I don't know. I mean, he came back into the game, uh, so I don't know if that was the explanation or not, um, but that was bizarre, and that's that's something that is completely 
unlike Bill Belichick uh, to, to do something like that. I mean, it was it was puzzling. Um, and yeah, it was a fun story to 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 follow with Bailey Zappi. And, you know, it did look like initially maybe Bill Belichick had made the right call uh, to, by pulling Mac Jones and putting Bailey Zappi in. Um, you know, he he was throwing it with confidence early on. But that very, very quickly went away. And then all of a sudden, the Patriots go back to Mac Jones. And so I, I don't I don't know. Um, it, I think it I think it raises a lot of questions uh, for future weeks on exactly what's going to happen. But they're a mess in general offensively, um, regardless of the quarterback. Um, you know, and, and credit to Chicago's defense. They bottled up Ramondre Stevenson and uh, and Damian Harris last night. And so you, they couldn't really get anything going running the football either. They don't really have any weapons. Um, and so th they're not a dynamic offensive team regardless of if it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. So they've, you know, Bill Belichick, they've got a lot to figure out offensively. They're three and four too, but I, I'm less confident about their, their potential to turn it around just because they don't have playmakers. I've never been on, you know, the Patriots were, um, th their story last year was, was really impressive, right? That they were able to do what they did, but I, I don't look at that team and I never have them been like, Oh, that's a really good team. I just don't see it. They, they've got some pieces. They're rebuilding, obviously. I love Ramondre Stevenson. I like Damian Harris. I think Mac Jones has a chance to be a really solid NFL quarterback. Um, I don't know what I think about Bailey Zappi yet. I think he's a fun story that if Mac Jones is healthy, needs to be behind Mac Jones. I just... You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm very surprised at the fan base and Bill Belichick that they would be so quick to to bail on Mac Jones. Like, Mac Jones may have been the most impressive rookie last year. And Mac Jones, when he's, I mean, his numbers this year, and he wasn't good. The Baltimore game wasn't good. He had no touchdowns and three interceptions. But he had 320 yards and threw it as 70% completion. Uh, the two weeks prior, 70%, 60%, over 200 yards in both games. He's thrown too many interceptions this year, for sure. Uh, but Mac Jones is not somebody that you're ready to, like, throw the towel in on, which is what it felt like Bill Belichick did to some degree. <laughs> Last I mean, night. it, it may, that may continue. Um, I'm looking at this right now. Andrew Siciliano from the NFL network uh, just tweeted and Bill Belichick's uh, press conference is going on this morning. A reporter asked this question. If Mac Jones is healthy, is he the starter? And Belichick's answer was, uh, that's a hypothetical question. Let's see where that is and what that is. I mean, oh that's a, my a huge, huge non-answer. Um, we, you know, which Belichick is, is notorious for, but didn't directly answer the question. Even if Mac Jones is healthy, is he the starter? Belichick couldn't give the answer. And that, like, what are you doing, Bill? Like, who wants a quarterback controversy? Like, nobody wants that. This isn't college. You're not, like, having those guys compete for the job. Like, what, what world is that the path you want to take? I just don't know, man. Ah. Uh, I, I don't see it. Now, I'll ask you this, and this, this is a silly exercise right now because I think we'd be guessing either way, but let's guess. Better NFL career, Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi? I think Mac Jones. Um, I think Bailey Zappi is one of those stories where um, you, you come from obscurity, uh, you have a little bit of success, 
you have a, a funny name. Um, you're you're sitting on the sidelines and you're singing Stacy's mom with the rest of the crowd. Like it's fun. I get it. I understand it. I understand the appeal. Um, but I think Mac Jones is the one that's got more. And I'm not suggesting that he's going to have a long, successful NFL career. I'm just saying between the two, Mac Jones probably has a better likelihood of having a, a long and prosperous NFL career. And that could be with the Patriots. It could be with another team. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess my my concern with this for the Patriots moving forward is that it's one thing to have a quarterback discussion during the week. It's one thing to have a conversation during practice and who's going to start depending on who is practicing better, that sort of thing. It's a, it's a completely other thing to have Mac Jones throw six passes, pull him, put Bailey Zappi in, and then put Mac Jones back in mid-game. Like that, That's completely different, and I have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi having some kind of a quarterback battle during practice during the week, but then you pick a guy. Bill Belichick's been doing this for a long time. He's a Hall of Fame coach. You pick a guy, and you got to stick with him. Bailey Zappi was put up absurd numbers at Western Kentucky. Um, so that's fine. Mac, the problem for me with Mac Jones, Mac Jones seemed to be such a perfect fit for New England. I don't know if he's a perfect fit everywhere. If you're the Patriots and you really believe in Zappi, I mean, Mac Jones, I would assume, has some pretty high trade value at this point. You can at least get a first back. It'll be really interesting. I don't know what is happening. But what I do, I don't know this, but I have a strong feel that this is going to be a disaster for New England. Uh, 869-1240 is the number to call. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Very pleased to be joined for the first time by Craig Porter Jr., Wichita State Hoops, coming right around the corner. We'll talk to Craig. A lot of expectations for him. Does he have high expectations for the Shockers? We'll answer those questions next on Sports Daily. Back into Sports Daily, everybody. We are happy to be joined now by Craig Porter Jr., the leader of a Shocker squad that gets underway with, sit down for this, less than a week, Wednesday. A week, for, or sorry, a little more than a week. Wednesday uh, is the exhibition against Newman. It is less than a week until Shocker Madness, which comes to us Thursday. Craig, welcome into Sports Daily. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? We're good. I want to just start you with this, Craig. You guys uh, picked eighth in the league this year. Um, Expectations are all over the place for this squad. You're one of the very few guys that people already know coming back to this team. How have the conversations gone for you guys in this early preseason to play with the chip on the shoulder, to play angry, to exceed those expectations? Um, You know, it's kind of just like you said – just staying focused, just staying with that chip on our shoulders, knowing that we got a bigger goal than what we're predicted to be. So, you know, we're going in here with a lot of fire, like our hair's on fire. Uh, we're just going to play with a lot of toughness, and coach is getting us put in the right position. Just falling in place until this point. Now it's just time to prove everything we've been doing. Craig, a lot of newcomers on this team, a lot of new faces around the Shocker program. What has that process been like throughout the offseason season? 
to get everybody to, to gel together, to play as a team and, and really be able to uh, move forward as a complete squad? Um, you know, it's kind of challenging at first. Um, with a complete new team, you got guys, you know, sometimes a little bit of egos, even on my part, play a little role into a little difficulties. But I feel like we've all pushed those aside and everybody's come to meet a common goal. And we all know that we want to win. And as a team, if we win, it'll benefit all of us. So I feel like we've all just come together and just realized the things that matter for real. So you've got you and you've got Jalen Ricks and you've got Kenny Poto. Isaiah Poor Bear Chandler is back, and then it's all essentially Isaac Abidi's back, but then it's all new faces. What have you seen from the new guys? Who's standing out to you, and you know what, what do you think fans should expect out of this roster with, with all the new additions that you guys have coming in there? Um, you know, some of the guys that have stood out, um, I'd say – Jaron Pierre, JP, he's uh, he's really excelling at the two guard. He can shoot the ball, do it all. Um, hometown kid Xavier, he's really really good off the off the ball, on the ball. He can really do it all. Uh, Gus and James Rojas, they're both our four mans. I feel like they're going to complement each other well, do really well for the team. They're kind of junkyard dogs who can really shoot the ball well and just know how to play the game of basketball. And I feel like uh, Jaquan Walton's another one. You know, he's he kind of reminds me a lot of Dexter Dennis. I've said that multiple times in interviews just because the way he's just so tough on defense. He can shoot the ball. He can he does whatever you tell him to do. He's just, just a great guy you want on your team to win. And, you know, I just feel like with everything, all the pieces we got, Shocker fans can, can look for how it turned out the COVID year when we were picked seventh and finished first. So I, I feel like we're going to repeat that. Joined by Craig Porter Jr. from the Shocker basketball squad uh, here on Sports Daily. Craig, um, one of the things that I've, I've noticed is you've gone through in your career is, of course, last year you were in the, the starting lineup basically every game that you played in, and that, that'll continue this season. But you're more than likely going to be a focal point for opposing defenses. You'll kind of be the center of attention now as kind of that unquestioned leader of the Shocker squad. How do you manage that? How do you adjust uh, to, to kind of being that center of attention for defenses to try to shut down? Uh, you know, I kind of... My game is more of a I don't necessarily need to score to affect the game of winning and just how, how we win. So I, I feel like I'm complimented with my teammates off of how they can just shoot and play because I feel like everybody on our team this year is just really good at basketball. They know how to play inside our system, and they, they know what it's going to take to win. And I've been preaching it to them and watching a lot of film with them and just going over the basics so they're they're prepared and I feel like we're we're getting off to a, a really good start since the really since we all got here in August or June and you know I just feel like these guys are really ready to get after it. They've been eager and just seeing that we picked eighth and it just lit that fire under them all even more. So I'm I'm prepared to see how they respond to everything. Craig, it's interesting. One of the things that one of the themes I guess that came out of the media day with you guys and just talking to our guys back in the building because I wasn't there was there seemed to be a feeling that this could be a really good offensive team Um, I think you know shocker fans would be used to the opposite a really good defensive team and last year we saw you guys struggle a little bit have you seen that are you are you getting the feel that offense may be the strength of this team with all the new faces uh yeah definitely like I said uh I feel like honestly everybody on this team can help us on the offensive end you know like last year we had a struggling point of shooting and hitting open threes and 
you know, this year that's been one of our main focuses. The defense, we got that on lock. You know, we got a lot more size this year, length. So I feel like we're going to be perfectly fine on that end. And this year, offense, you know, being able to just drive and kick, getting everybody to take the open shots. And we've been hitting them at a high percentage and competing every day in practice. So I feel like it's going to translate very perfectly over to game time. Craig, you've got the ability to be able to impact the game, not only on the offensive end, but also on the defensive end. And we've seen you before, even, you know, standing 6-2, be able to block shots. What's your philosophy defensively, and how does that translate to the rest of the team with the defensive effort that Wichita State can bring? Uh, Really, you know, I just try to communicate to my team that you don't necessarily always have to be the most athletic or the toughest guy, but if you give the most effort every play, you're going to win that battle about seven to nine times out of ten. So really just trying to get them to realize that that there's going to be times where you're outmatched, out-talented, somebody's a little better than you, quicker than you, but if you, you give that effort and you just drive harder than that person, work harder than that person, I feel like you'll, you'll come out on top almost every time. Craig Porter Jr. joining us. Shockers have Shocker Madness coming up just a couple of days now. Thursday, the exhibition game is a week from tomorrow, and then the official season opener uh, comes on November 7th. Craig, I want to ask you about a guy that I think fans have been intrigued with for a long time. He is one of the returners, Kenny Poto. He's got the size. He's got the shooting ability, all of those things. How has he developed this offseason, would you say, and how big of a contribution do you think he's ready to make this year? Uh, I feel like he's going to make a big step. Uh, He's shooting the ball well, as everybody knows, as he did last year. Uh, I feel like he's gotten a little more athletic. He's staying healthy. His knees were bothering him a little bit over the summer, but we've been working with the weight coach a lot, and he's been doing a lot of just different stuff, getting healthy. So, And he's just improved his inside game, post moves, and defense overall. So I just feel like he's overall got an even better feel for the game, just playing alongside me more in practices and just communicating and doing everything as a team. So. I see him making a big jump. He might even be one of the most improved players this year. So let's look bigger picture here, Craig. You decided to come back. Um, I think everyone was happy to see that uh, as there was, you know, like a lot of places, a lot of changing parts, moving pieces. You decided to come back, and it, it felt like you decided to do that after there were some changes made bigger picture with Wichita State. You guys have a new athletic director now. Uh, there's things changing in the NIL landscape. Walk us through your decision to come back, and how happy are you with that decision? Uh, I'm very happy with it. Uh, You know, it started with just overall not knowing how I could react to a whole new team, but just talking with my family after I hit the portal and talked to the coaches, I just felt like it was my duty and job to come back and take this thing over, knowing that I can lead a team. Because this same kind of situation happened my second year of my junior college I went from being on a national championship team to being like a fourth fifth option to being the number one option and having to lead a team so it was kind of something I wanted to I took personal so I mean the NIL and everything helped I mean off-court things you know there's those struggles but I feel like my coaches and everybody just did a good job of making sure that I'm well taken care of and also my teammates so I mean everything just played a, a good part I feel like we communicated like before I hit the portal, I communicated with the coaches like very well of everything that I like saw and everything that could have been wrong or anything we needed to 
just be on the same page about. So I feel like we, we got on that same page very quickly. That's why I wasn't in the portal that long. And just Wichita is my home. You know, my mom moved out here and got a lot of family out here. So I really didn't see myself going anywhere else. How do you think IB is adjusting to a year that, that's got to be pretty intense for him? You guys had the overachieving first year, underachieved a little bit last year. How's his temperament been this year in year three? Um, I feel like he's been handling it well. Uh, he's been more authoritative. Uh, he's putting his foot down a little more. He's a real nice guy. Sometimes people can take advantage of a nice guy. So I feel like he he's he's handling it very well. Uh, he's just, just really iterating to the team like, just because we finished how we did last year doesn't mean anything because of how we came in the first year, the COVID year, and picked seventh and finished first. So it was just really just trying to get guys to understand that rankings, preseason rankings don't really affect anything. It's how you play on the court. So just getting guys to understand that's the biggest focus. And then I want to just ask you about, you know, the NIL landscape has changed so much. Wichita State's involved looking at open doors as we're talking here. You've got a page there that people can connect with you. As a student athlete now in this new world, how do you think Wichita State's doing in that world and, and how have the opportunities been for you and, and all the all the things that you're able to do now as as the main guy here for the banner carrier for the university? Uh, I feel like it's been pretty good. You know, NIL just allows us, obviously, to help make money off of our names, you know, because after college, there's a lot of kids who can't necessarily make it pro. I mean, hardly one person on any, really almost every team, you know, so it's kind of hard. But uh, I feel like we've adjusted good. You know, our athletic director, Kevin Saul, and our coach, Isaac Brown, He they've just put us in positions to get to know all our fans, donors, boosters, anybody just trying to get us a better relationship with them because down the road in life you never know. Relationships, like building relationships is a big part of being an athlete So and just a person in this world. So really just being a great person is something we, we try to relay across to everyone. Well, for those listening out there at Open Doors, we expect Craig Porter to be a star player. No pressure here, Craig. We we expect big things from Craig this year. Uh, so if you want opportunities to connect with Craig and, and have him be a part of whatever you're doing out there, you can find, just search him. I just did it. it. took me two seconds to go to Open Doors and search Craig Porter. Anything else, any other ways people can get in touch with you in that world, Craig? Or is that the easiest way? Uh, I'm about to say that's probably the easiest way. All the contact information is on there. I feel like the Open Doors has done a great job of just setting it up the easiest way for people to just really see it step by step and understand what to do or how to do. So, All right. Well, Craig, Shocker Madness, I know you guys expect a big crowd, a fun time. It's a Thursday night this year, which will be interesting. It's almost game time. Let's do this again soon. Oh, yeah, we will definitely do that. All right, there goes Craig Porter Jr. He's the leader of the New Look Shockers. A lot of new faces on there. Craig, one of the returners, um, love that he's embracing that role and that he made the decision to come back. So we will take a look there. We get our first look very, very soon at this new Wichita State roster. If you missed anything from that interview, kfhradio.com is the place to be. We'll try and get in some players throughout the year here uh, as we have – Open that communication up with Kevin Saul. We want to do it with basketball as well and have some fun with it. Season coming around soon. Here we go. It is college basketball season. We'll come right back. Well, let's do a giveaway when we come back. We'll get you some uh, tickets 
and some goodies to set you up for a big weekend. 869-1240, the number to call. Sports Daily returns after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, alongside you. Tommy, it is uh, really close to college basketball season. Uh, let's digest a little bit of what Craig Porter Jr. had to say there um, to wrap up this hour. It's, it's an interesting year. I don't know what to expect. I do think, though, that it's very interesting, and he backed this up. So our guys came back from Wichita State's media day and basically said the sentiment is the offense is ahead of the defense and there was a clear you know design to Isaac Brown's offseason when he was finally able to go get some guys when NIL stuff sorted itself out to go get better offensively because that's where this team really struggled and quite frankly if that's the case that's a great sign because I think the one thing we know about Isaac Brown is that his teams will play defense I mean he you know, he was with Greg Marshall for a long time. It's just the way he coaches. He's good at it. They're going to be, if they're not right out of the gates, they're going to be good defensively because he's not going to play guys that aren't. But if the offense is there and ahead, I think, you know, early indications, we got to see it, but that would be a really good sign. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, you know, Craig Porter averaged over seven points a game last season. And I think that, and, and he mentioned this, when I asked him about it a few minutes ago that, you know, it, it's not necessarily that the the burden of scoring will be solely on his shoulders, that there are 
pieces around him to complement that, um, which is good. And I, I would fully expect him to be in double digit scoring average uh, this season. And, and I think that that would that would bode extremely well for the Shockers if he is. But I don't think he's going to have to necessarily be the only one. So it'll be interesting to see you know, who else around him, whether it's Kenny Poto or one of the newcomers. Um, I kind of like Xavier Bell, who's a transfer coming in from Drexel. Looks like he's got uh, some abilities offensively also. It's going to be interesting to see who else can step up on the offensive side of the ball. But really, this team defensively will be led by Porter. He averaged over a steal a game. He averaged over a block a game last season. So, that defensive effort will be led by by Porter, and depending on the other pieces around him, I think that's going to be really intriguing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I do too. I I just I don't know. It, it feels so much, and he brought this up, and it was a really good point. It feels a lot like it felt um, two years ago when the expectations were super low, when nobody really knew what to expect. A lot of the you know key guys left, and that's what it felt like. I do think that presents an opportunity. I, I can't wait to see Xavier Bell, who we watched as just an incredible athlete in high school who really fared well at Drexel before coming back to Wichita. Those are great stories. Those are things you can get behind. Um, Kenny Poto, with all of his raw talent, can that continue to grow and develop? And then, quite frankly, a bunch of guys we don't know anything about, right? Like so many new faces that we just got to see it but the offensive sentiment that we're hearing is certainly something after last year that you like hearing. They have got to shoot the ball better. And if that happens, I mean, can they finish better than eighth? Of course they can. You know, are they going to be able this year to compete with Houston, who, you know, looks like looks like got a chance to win a national title? Uh, those kinds of things. That I don't know. But you take Houston out of the equation— and we know how this league goes. I mean, Wichita State could be anywhere on that list. Memphis is going to have talent, but Memphis never plays up to its talent. I mean, outside of Houston, who, if it were in the Big 12 this year, would compete for a Big 12 title. Um, I mean, it's really it feels relatively wide open to me. Um, you know, you had Kendrick Davis move over to Memphis, which was significant. The other big thing that you put right up on the bulletin board, Tommy, is there are no Wichita State players on the first or second team all-conference. So, like, there are no expectations for Wichita State this year. And that right now is probably a pretty good place to be if you're a coach because you just get intrinsic motivation every single day. Like, nobody expects us to do this. Right. I I thought it was interesting how Porter – referenced IB and, you know, kind of the way that he shifted from year two to year three in his tenure at Wichita State and being a little bit more authoritarian. Um, and, and I think that that's good, you know, and, and I, I like Isaac Brown a lot. I always have. Um, I think he's a, a good guy and I think he's a, a good guy to lead this program. Um, but I, I definitely think that as you get a little bit more entrenched in the role and you've got a, a room full of guys that you've got to bring together who have never played basketball together before. Um, and, you know, the, he, to his credit, he and his staff went out and they utilized the transfer portal and they got Bell from Drexel. They got a player from Southern Miss and from Florida State. Like, they've utilized that transfer portal pretty well, but you've got to get those guys to gel together. And so I like hearing from Craig Porter that, 
Isaac Brown is a little bit more authoritarian and really trying to put this team together and mold them um, because that's the only way that they're going to exceed those expectations in the league right now. And so I like that a lot. And I, I definitely think that if that is the way that this team is trending, then there, there shouldn't be any kind of surprise if Wichita State does exceed those expectations. Yeah, it's always – I always bring up to people, you know, last year was disappointing for people, but year one was anything but that. And that was a weird year, right? I, I remember empty empty gyms, games getting canceled, all of it. But the team was totally bought in, and you got to start there, right? you got to start with a total buy-in in college basketball right now because every team across the country, more or less, is going to have so much roster turnover each year. Um I don't know what my expectation for Wichita State is this year. I, I mean, every, any anything that I would say as an expectation would literally be a guess because I don't I haven't seen these guys play enough. I think setting an expectation two, three, four games in is probably a better way to do it. But if I had to set one now, if you if you made me pick, do I think they'll finish, you know, better or worse than eighth in the league? I'd say better. I'd say better. Um, they they clearly have the talent to. Um, I I really honestly I, I think believe they that. have the talent to. I don't even know if that's clear yet. I mean, we you know we know that Craig Porter Jr. has a chance to be really really good this year. I think Kenny Poto has the talent, um, and I think he, I think we expect Xavier Bell to have the talent. But I don't know I don't know enough about any of the rest of the guys to know how their talent stacks up to the American Athletic Conference. Well, I I think I can say with the, with quite a bit of certainty that they've got more talent than East Carolina. They've probably got more talent than Tulsa. Um, they've probably got more talent than South Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't so, know I mean, anything the, about those rosters. So I would hope that they do, but I don't know because I, I couldn't tell you one player on South Florida right off the top of my head. Well, I have no I, know, idea. I, I think to that point, I mean, you've got you've got schools and I'm thinking of, of, of you know, last year and the way that, you know, I, I couldn't probably tell you a player from East Carolina last season either. Um, so, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that they've got the talent, the raw talent to be able to finish better than eighth. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not Isaac Brown can bring the team together, find what works and find the the players that work well together in the starting rotation and put them out there. And, and you know, I think that they, they they've got the raw talent. It's just a matter of whether or not they can. Yeah, I think right now in the league, we know Houston's going to be really, 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 really good. Um, I think Memphis and Cincinnati enter a tier that's ahead of the rest. I know the preseason pollsters love Tulane because they put a bunch of guys on their first and second team. But I would say 4 through 11, you can just roll the dice. I think 4 through 11 is a total toss-up. Maybe I'm underselling Tulane, but I don't think I, – I think any team could finish anywhere, basically. And, and again, the bottom end, maybe not so much. But for the most part, 4 through – uh, four through nine, four through ten, even feels like it could be a toss-up. Houston, Memphis, and Cincinnati should all three be good to tournament-caliber teams. I think from what they have coming back, everybody else is just like, let's find out, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing for Wichita State, who, you know, if it does take the right steps, if it does find the right mix has a real opportunity to skyrocket up over the expectations. Now, you still got to go get it done because 
the other part of this equation that I would ask, and this is going to be the hard thing to evaluate until we see some basketball played, would you say that Wichita State is more or less talented than they were a year ago? Because I would say less, right? I, you know, when you lose uh, when you lose Etienne, even though he struggled, when you lose Dexter Dennis, when you lose, uh, you know, guys that they've lost when they're transferring to big programs like Arkansas and, you know, Etienne goes to the NBA. I don't think that they're as talented as they were a year ago. I also don't know what that necessarily means. I mean, you got to think about who left, which was everybody, but I mean, Dexter Dennis and Etienne were staples. Ricky Council could be, Ricky Council could be a star, star, right? Um, you lost Quay Grant, who was a big time transfer in. You lost Mo Udesi, who was very effective in this league. So that's where it gets interesting to me too. Now that doesn't mean whether they're more talented or less talented. That doesn't mean they can't be better because they could do different things, right? But I, do, I don't do think they we have... could sit here right. today and say they're more talented than they were a year ago. Do they have a, a superstar on the roster? No, they don't. And I think Craig Porter is probably the closest thing. I think he thing. Could, he's the best shot. I think he could at be. One. I think yeah. he could be. But they don't. They don't have an established star. They don't have a Marcus Sasser, right? Uh, from well, Houston, right, yeah. they don't have that on their roster. Uh, but I think that overall, as a unit, they could be better than an underperforming Wichita State team from a year ago that I had totally stars agree. like Etienne and Dennis yep. on the roster. So it, it's a different look. It's a different feel. And I kind of like it. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm really interested to see how Isaac Brown can make it all come together. I'm excited to see him coach and lay it all out on the line because he is. He's going to lay it all out on the line this year. I am excited for that. And I agree with you. L less talented doesn't mean anything. You could still be a better team. You can still be a deeper team. You can still be a team that executes offensively better and end up being a better team. We just don't know. They, like I, I can't remember a Shocker basketball season with this much unknown. And while there's a little unease to it, it's also exciting, I think, to some degree. All right, let's give something away here, Tommy. Uh, I'll throw in a couple of HTO uh, free tea cards, and you've got some Thunder tickets for when? This Friday night, the Wichita Thunder back in action in Trust Bank Arena taking on the Tulsa Oilers at 7 o'clock. We've got a four-pack of tickets for you for the game on Friday night. Hopefully that helps you bring the whole family a four-pack of tickets to a Wichita Thunder game this Friday night against Tulsa. A pair of free HTO iced tea cards. You can get those by being our second caller right now. 869-1240. Jad will take that. We'll come back. It's hour number two coming up. Dan Israel joins us from the Chiefs Radio Network next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.